Welcome to Bodcast, the business of dentistry podcast, brought to you by Practice Plan. Bodcast delivers the best business advice, real-life stories, and practical hints and tips to make your practice a more profitable and sustainable business. And now, here's your host. Hello again, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for, I think we're on to the fourth part this time, um, of our sort of series on trying to boost well-being in dental practices. I'm Hussain, and I'm um, an associate dentist working in York, and we're joined again by Marek, who has been helping us along um, with everything um, to try and sort of boost our well-being, um, both in and outside of practice life. So um, if you'd just like to introduce yourself for us again, please, Marek. Hi, my name is Marek Kwaja. I'm a dentist and positive psychologist. I'm UK based. I do three days um, as a dentist, but my actual passion is to help boost your well-being. And I founded a well-being startup, Mind Ninja, in 2019. So for a living, I help dental professionals um, through doing coaching, workshops, programs and designing well-being products. Great, thanks very much for that, Mark. And well, it was very nice for you to join us back. Today, we're going to talk about burnout. And last time we talked about SAD, which was seen as an affective disorder, this time round and with burnout. If you just like to sort of talk us through um, what burnout really is, because, um, you know, burnout probably means different things to different people. Yeah, it's, it's one of those words that is increasingly being used particularly during the pandemic um, i found that the that word was really spotlighted so the scientific definition i'm going to start off with that so the scientific definition actually has um, burnout burnout is characterized by three aspects so you've got high levels of emotional exhaustion you've got low levels of personal accomplishment and high levels of cynicism. So we have thoughts that are very negative around work. We have um, this sense of feeling really emotionally drained, and this is not um, really resolved by rest. Um, And also we feel as though um, we're not accomplishing the things that we normally would be. We're not getting that pleasure hit. Um, We don't really feel what we're doing is worthwhile in, in dentistry, for example. So the way I like to remember burnout in a simpler way um, in terms of the signs and symptoms is to think about its impact on our emotions, our thoughts and our actions. So when we think about our emotions, burnout is characterised by lots of negative thoughts. Uh, so negative emotions. So we might be feeling you know, very low, depressed, hopeless, helpless. Our thoughts are very cynical, so very negative. You know, there's no point in trying. Um, you know, whatever I'm doing isn't making much of a difference. What's the point? Um, and then in terms of reactions, we might notice that we are, um, you know, withdrawing from others. We might be lashing out. We might notice appetite changes, sleep changes. We might be using unhelpful coping strategies such as alcohol um, or substance abuse. Um, but yeah, all of those features. Um, can present with with burnout. Um, I think the kind of worrying aspect of burnout is that it can extend into a phenomenon known as compassion fatigue. Um, And this is an extension of burnout where we have all of those burnout features, but we also have post-traumatic stress-like symptoms as well. So we might be feeling on edge. Um, And this is just as a result 
of being a dental professional we are seeing all sorts of patients you know patients that um are you know going through their own struggles they might be going through a divorce trauma uh, abuse all sorts of things and we see these patients regularly um, and so it's very easy to absorb their pain and suffering um, and so you know we are at risk of things like burnout and compassion fatigue as a result of working so closely with our patients brilliant um and well you talk about sort of this side of burnout um would you say that burnout is different in the viewpoint you know that there's two different types there's professional burnout and personal burnout or do they sort of merge into each other um, and become the same thing um or are they you know really just distinct um individuals or from types it depends on how um, nitpickety we're being about terminology. So the World Health Organization wouldn't define um, personal burnout as burnout. Um, they make it very clear in their definition that it is work related stress. It's to do with work and the work domain. Um, probably, I think in the future, this will be extended to other domains. Uh, but on the whole, in the scientific community, we tend to talk about work related burnout. Uh, but also, of course, you do have caregiver um, fatigue um, and, you know, we just talked about compassion fatigue. So there are different types of burnout for sure. And, um, you know, you talk about these signs and symptoms. Does that mean that the signs and symptoms um, are the same for each type of burnout or will they sort of differ between um, sort of the way that they might present themselves? or? Like yeah, great, great question. I think with 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 burnout, um, you'll find that everyone um, presents, as with all mental ill health, everyone presents different signs and symptoms. So what I'm saying might not be won't necessarily fit in with your um, experience of burnout, for example. But you'll have some of the features, um, and that that kind of holds true um, with with everyone that there's certain features that are really really common I mean for me when I'm thinking about my own experience of burnout um, I was just finding that the simplest smallest tasks were really difficult you know I was finding even things like responding to emails and being what I felt really bombarded by uh, by emails a, a real drain I was noticing that that my resilience levels were super low. So at that point, I was working in a toxic kind of work environment um, and everyone was super stressed. I didn't really feel supported. So I didn't have that positive kind of work culture. Um, and also I felt a lack of psychological safety. So I didn't really feel like I could voice my concerns. Um, and this really led to a lot of negativity in my head. So I certainly felt a lot of negative thoughts. Um, I felt as though I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't do, wasn't able to perform in a way that I would normally be able to. I couldn't manage uh, the normal stresses in my day. So I'd have a lower threshold for, for stress in general. Um, you know, you say about stress, and I think this is a big thing that a lot of people are finding, not just in dentistry, but in any sort of profession, um, that there really isn't a boundary anymore in terms of that five o'clock or you know or whatever finish time you do have there isn't really a cutoff because now when your phone's there um you know your email's constantly pinging there's always going to be some sort of message um and work-related things just seem to sort of carry on beyond that um you know finishing sort of time um 
and do you sort of you know I know it's sort of difficult because you sort of have two minds where you want to try and sort of appease you know whoever your employer is um and sort of reply back and make sure that um, you're not sort of leaving them hanging um but at the same point you want to look in and go well actually this is my free time um you know sort of is there a way to kind of actually set a boundary yeah i think boundaries are really super important and i think it's about you being really clear as to um, the importance of your own time and rest so when you're at work obviously be focused on on work and your patients and your colleagues absolutely but when you're at home really kind of concentrate on yourself and your own self-care and nourishing yourself um, with all those different positive habits that you want to include um, and you know seeing your family and friends and all of those different aspects so it is absolutely difficult for a lot of people um, and certainly myself as well I've experienced um, that as well you know the discomfort with setting a boundary but you know just being really clear that actually you know in the evening I, I won't respond to those work emails or those work WhatsApp messages. I think that's a common one, like being on a, a group uh, team, a WhatsApp group, um, and just being clear as to why that's important um, in your own head can really help you perhaps take the, the first step. And it might be that not everyone's gonna enjoy that. They, they might be frustrated that you've set that boundary. They might not take it in a way that you want them to take it, but it's just fundamental to give yourself that space and that boundary um, because you want that free time. All of us are craving time. Uh, so, you know, it's such a valuable asset for us um, and your free time is absolutely important. And well, it's really true because there's so many WhatsApp groups now, and it's not just work ones, but again, it's sort of um, personal things. And when you talk about burnout, it almost sounds like it's a feeling of becoming overwhelmed to the point that you know you've got no control. Um, I, I don't know whether that's a very simplified definition of it. Um, but what you know, what would you say is sort of good ways to try and manage it? Are there any ways to sort of um, you know try and prevent yourself from getting to that point? Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of positive strategies in terms of prevention. Um, and I always like to start off with getting those basics and fundamental aspects right. So prioritizing sleep, good nutrition and movement. Um, you know, without those aspects, it's really difficult to build on. Um, so getting those right and reprioritizing um, those aspects definitely will help in terms of prevention of burnout. Um, and then just kind of looking at the research around burnout prevention, uh, when we look at the research for our medic colleagues, so medical professionals, healthcare, what's spotlighted currently are interventions uh, that include mindfulness, um, as well as positive psychology interventions and cognitive behavioural uh, training aspects. So if there is a way that you can infuse mindfulness into your day to day that would be really beneficial there's a lot of evidence to support it you might not want to meditate and that's absolutely fine um mindfulness isn't solely about meditation it's actually about being present um, and noticing life's small pleasures and going with that sense of gratitude and um, non-judgment um 
in how you respond to yourself. And um, so I think, you know, infusing practices such as when you're curing composite or delivering local anesthetic or waiting for alginate to set, you know, in moments in your day, take deep breaths, you know, three deep mindful breaths. You want to make sure, if you can, that the exhale is longer than the inhale and that will trigger the parasympathetic nervous system and that invites a whole bunch of positive emotions um, and helps to counteract cortisol stress hormones. So, you know, there are lots of benefits. So you could do, you know, mindful deep breathing during your day. Um, there are other ways you can, of course, infuse mindfulness. You could take a, a walk outdoors um, and really slow down and, and really notice the kind of change in the season what can I see what can I hear what can I smell taste all of those five senses and that's really beneficial to our mental health so those are little things that you we can do so infusing mindfulness then well, there's yeah sorry I was gonna say that seems really important um I know there's loads and loads of apps that talk about mindfulness and they say they're gonna guide you um I mean calm's a really big one um oak's quite good which is actually just about breathing as opposed to actually sort of meditation or mindfulness it doesn't really you know it talks about it but um i think that sort of focuses more on breathing um i don't know if you've got any particular apps that you'd sort of say are worth um worth getting or could be helpful in terms of helping out in that sense I really love Headspace. That was the first app that I, oh, that's the first um, kind of video series um, that I explored in terms of meditation and mindfulness. So I definitely recommend Headspace. I would also spotlight me as well. So um, I'm really passionate about mindfulness. I've got a toolkit, the Mind Flossing Toolkit, which is literally designed for dental professionals. You cannot get more customized than that. Um, and it features uh, lots of mindfulness activities that you can do, as well as meditations. And I've also got the meditation audios that pair up with that. And for any practice plan members, um, there is the U-Hub. And so you can access the meditation audios through that. Um, but absolutely, there are lots of different things that we can do. Um, if you search on YouTube, lots of things you can get for free as well. Um, but they're kind of more generic. If you wanted something more customised, you know, uh, definitely check out the Mindfasting Toolkit. Burnout in terms of how you say, um, so we've talked about how you can sort of try and, you know, bring yourself back from that point, um, or, you know, ways of managing it. What happens if you, you know, if you are just, um, you know, beyond that point? Um, what do you do after that? Really good question. I think all of us need to be aware of what services are available for us. So we're actually quite fortunate in that there are quite a few crisis point services. So we've got Confidential, which is a free helpline set up by dentists for dentists. So you can give them a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and they will help signpost you to where you need to go. Um, you've also got the NHS Practitioners Health Support. Um, and you can um, go on the website and register for six free CBT sessions. Obviously, there'll be a waiting list, but that is an option. You don't need to go through your GP to access this for free. Um, so that, that's a possibility for you as well. There are a bunch of other helplines out there. So you've got BD, 
BDA helpline as well, but that's unfortunately just for BDA um, members. You've also got the Dentist Health Support Trust as well, um, and that's really useful. Um, you know, again, not just mental health issues, also addiction issues, gambling, etc. And they help manage uh, that as well. Um, so those are all of the, the services that could be really beneficial um, if you're at crisis point. Obviously, you can go to your GP um, and that could be a, a good route for you. And if you wanted to see a therapist, um, and you didn't want to wait on the NHS, then go privately. And that's something that I, I did because I didn't want to sit and, and wait um, on the waiting list. Um, and so it's just a matter of kind of searching for a therapist um, and you know giving that a go. Great. Um, and my last one that I just want to mention, um, when you say sort of about services, um, in North Yorkshire, we've actually got a um, specific counselling service that's set up for primary care. Um, so we're not talking only for dentists. Um, we are talking kind of, you know, GPs, um, optometrists, um, you know, I think it's practice nurses. And actually, this has now not just been because um, before when it started, it was only for dentists, um, but it's actually been extended to the entire practice team. So it could be anyone from, you know, your nurses, receptionists um, who can kind of just um, call up as well for that. The great thing about this is it's also staff, uh, well, not staff, that's the wrong word for it. Um, the people have, or some of the people have been trained um, to help sort of with the counselling service. They are dentists, so they do um, understand, you know, more closely sort of and can relate better to what you're going through um and this is a trial at the moment um hopefully it will be extended what would be nice is if it could actually be extended across the whole country you know because it would be ideal it sounds like a very useful service um for all um you know for all primary care practitioners i guess because we probably don't get anywhere near as support as um, or anywhere near as much support as what sort of those people working in secondary care would as part of you know the hospital setting um so yeah if it's something that you want you know hopefully approach your ldc um because i know i think that's um who ours has sort of been set up through or they're the ones that have publicized it and they'll kind of be able to um you know see if it's something that they can help get set up in your own area um i think that sort of you know covers most of it and um, we've talked about sort of a lot of the um other stuff in terms of how you prevent it sort of in sort of previous podcasts um what sort of you know a final summary really on how you know we can sort of help people um, as best as possible with this i think it's important to just emphasize that with our mental health it is really important that we're active and we take active steps um, and they don't need to be big kind of habits. Um, we can start really, really small and build up on those. And those small little things make an impact um, to us feeling better, more engaged, more connected to others and having that sense of meaning. Um, I think it's worth making those well-being experiments. So, you know, if you haven't tried self-compassion training, give that a go. If you haven't tried mindfulness, give that a go. If you haven't explored journaling yet or forest bathing or whatever it might be, um, you know, explore it, delve into it, and you never know, it might be something that works for you. Um, and also I'd love to kind of spotlight um, as well the importance of therapy and accessing it early. Um, wouldn't it be great if all dental professionals, just as a preventative thing, 
went to see you know the therapist just like we have a dentistry checkup six months leave three months leave 12 months leave whatever it might be uh, why don't we do the same thing for our mental health um i think we would so much benefit from it of course you know the, the issue at the moment is access and money but a lot of us are in a really fortunate position to be working as a dental professional and we might have some income to really prioritize our mental health and um, so what i would suggest or um i would encourage us to explore therapy as as a important kind of preventative tool as well and we don't have to wait to crisis point to access it um, and if that doesn't sound good just explore these different well-being um, options and activities give them a go uh, because they make such a big difference to you feeling good and li living the good life and isn't that what life's about you know um, it's certainly for me not about making loads of money you know maybe it was a dream um, when I was younger I thought you know perhaps that was connected to happiness but as you get older you realize and you um kind of yeah you kind of distill that and you think actually there's much more to life and I want to feel healthy and I want to feel happy. Um, so this is definitely worth um, paying attention to. And I guess, um, you know, you say it's about living the good life. Um, our practice, you know, we're, we're fortunate with a social bunch and we all tend to get on well. Um, what can practices do together to actually live the good life? You know, is it social events or, you know, and just sort of saying, you know, going out more or is, is there actually more to it than just simply you know um, just going out for a few drinks and um, losing time that way is there you know is there sort of a better way of using that quality time that you spend together absolutely I think it's really important uh, to emphasize how much of an impact positive teams have on our mental health and our sense of well-being um, I really feel as though principals, dental principals and practice managers can make such a big impact um, by embedding and, and baking in well-being strategies for their teams. So this can look like appointing a well-being champion for the practice. So this is someone who's actually been trained in mental health first aid um, and someone who can spotlight any um, and, and look out for any early signs and symptoms within the team. So that can be really useful. Having annual resilience and well-being training can be really beneficial, of course, for us to just learn these tools, these psychological tools early on, right? Um, we can really harness positive emotions within the team by um, emphasizing gratitude. So perhaps in our meetings, we could have, um, we can share our um, things that went well during the day, you know, compliments, treatments that's gone well, our wins. But having those moments where we're sharing um, and having those gratitude conversations make a big difference. Like we feel good just listening to someone else's um, wins. Right. Um, and it's this beautiful upward spiral of positive emotion. So like kind of baking that in somehow. Um, I like to play gratitude ping pong with my nurse. So 
we'll um, just throw different like wins that we've had big and small in our day um, or over the past week that we're excited about. Um, and, and in lots of ways, the smallest wins are the best, you know, because they do, it's those little details that make us feel really, really good. So things like gratitude can be really beneficial, obviously embedding things like mindfulness um, and then also having those social events like you were saying. So having um, team uh, bonding days. So it might be that you go away and do a social activity. So whether that's like going for a nature walk or doing some sort of activity together, you know, or going out for dinner. I think it's important perhaps to not make it compulsory just because um, all of us are super busy, but having those um, days where you can connect um, can be really, really useful for just bringing the team together. And then just encouraging your team to talk more and have those high quality connections. Uh, we've talked about this in that loneliness podcast that we did, uh, but high quality connections are, are micro moments of connections with with our team, with you know, people, um, you know, people that we meet, just these brief little moments, but they make a big impact um, on reducing our stress levels and, and boosting our happiness levels. So if you can prioritise in your workday moments where you can talk to your receptionist um, laugh about different things, you know, share your wins, connect with others rather than being in your room um, patient by patient by patient seeing um, you know different uh, cases and getting so absorbed in that day and running like clockwork like if you could take a step back and um, replenish yourself and this is what we were talking about rest we can do this by simply taking a moment slowing down and talking to someone uh, talking to our team member and um, like I said holding into those gratitude moments or holding into funny moments in the day and sharing um, you know positive news and laughing <laughs> that's really really beneficial um, and another aspect I think just to emphasize is that a lot of us might be under pressure with UDA targets and as a dental professional that's super hard particularly working in the NHS if you're not working in the NHS it might be private targets but trying to encourage um, practice owners to um, not be driven by just UDAs is really, really important. I feel as though this needs to be a good conversation between a practice owner and, and the professional and really coming to an, a nice agreement as to what you know, you as a dental professional, you can do what you're comfortable with, constantly reevaluating it. And another aspect as well in your book, um, I really think this is important, is to not get double booked, triple booked. Um, it's really hard working in NHS practice. I completely get it. I'm still in an NHS practice after 12 years. Um, and there are numerous occasions where this happens to me. But it's so difficult when your work environment is like this and um, you are double booked. So if you could zone your book somehow and you had a section for emergencies in your day, that could help resolve the double bookings, perhaps. And maybe just having that happen more as a rarity means that you actually finish on time, which actually means you have a full one hour lunch break and you can perhaps get out the practice, go for that walk go do some mindful deep breaths or you know connect with someone 
um, and do something that you actually love for that hour um, is really kind of important. So yeah, absolutely. Loads of things that practice managers, principals can do. I really feel like they've got a lot of responsibility when it comes to creating positive work cultures. Um, and actually in my new book, I've got a whole chapter dedicated to the work environment because I, I absolutely think it's kind of crucial, important and this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I do feel currently the principals are not doing enough in terms of helping to boost well-being. Um, so, yeah, let, let's try and change that. Uh, well, sounds like that's I'm really lucky with where I work um, and, you know, the way that sort of we're supported to try and um, sort of, you know, do our best um, where we are. Um, so hopefully, you know, it'll be great to see that extend um, and other people take that on board, although... You know, I'm sure you're sort of telling, you know, saying that uh, some people sort of look at that and go, right, well, that's uh, sort of, you know, an exercise that's going to sort of cost me money when most people only tend to really do sort of that one annual sort of thing, which is the Christmas party. Um, so hopefully, you know, it will get taken on board and, um, you know, practice will start to look more in terms of team days out uh, or more team events um, and team building exercises. Um or even they sort of have their own sort of well-being day where sort of you know they're closed for a day and they actually sort of spend the day sort of trying to focus on their team and uh, make sure that um, everyone's set for the you know the next year or so. Um, Absolutely. I, I mean, I think the thing to spotlight here really is that if you have a happier team, you're going to have a team that stays with you. So retention is an issue right now. So anything to counteract that is a good thing. You're going to have a team that's more productive, right? And then you're going to have a team that's more profitable. So it does feed into the bottom line. This isn't just wishy-washy crap. This is stuff that organisations worldwide are focusing on. So this absolutely makes a difference on your bottom line. So you may think that it's a lot of money initially, but it pays dividends. You want staff that are happy and healthy. Um, you don't want staff to be taking time off because they're burnt out. So whatever you can do to invest in your team is absolutely worthwhile. It's that age old saying again, you've got to spend money to make money. Absolutely. Great. Um, does, do you feel like we've covered everything for burnout today? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, it's, it's really difficult to cover so much, um, but I think over all of our podcasts, we do cover prevention quite a bit. Um, so I think if if there are if you want to go back and look at those, that that could be quite useful. It's great that so many places are actually starting to sort of support and look into well-being more. And um, I think the final one, um, very quickly, is just um, popped into my head that with services and dental protection. Also, I don't know who you're with, um, Pure Indemnity, um, but I know dental protection also have um, a free sort of. Um, to access counselling service um, which is available as part of their membership as well um so another sort of a signpost for everyone we will stop there and hopefully we look forward to you listening in for next time if you have any particular topic that you do want to listen to please do get in touch with the practice plan um, i know i've learned a bit today in terms of sort of these hubs that you know this u hub that's out there which is um for everybody that to look at you know it's not just practice plan um and you know we've sort of let people know about the services that you can go to as well um hopefully everyone has a great year ahead and we look forward to welcoming you back for um future episodes thanks again bye